Welcome to a special edition of the Blaze Cast. Tonight we are actually talking about some soccer. Uh, we have Drew McDaniel on here with us, and Evan, he is with us as always. He's, both of them are pretty big soccer fans. Um, this is just a way kind of for me to learn more about soccer, so I feel like having them on here would be good for the show. So, um, Drew, go ahead and introduce yourself, because you've never actually been on here with us before. No, I haven't. Uh, my name's Drew. I'm a local at Columbus, also a big Columbus Crew fan. Uh, that's kind of what got me into soccer or football, as they call it everywhere else in the world. Um, I actually write for uh, the Massive Report, which is a blog and media outlet that focuses a lot around producing content for the Columbus crew. Um, and so I've been uh, doing that for about a year now. So I've written, I don't know, 20, 30 articles this year. There you go. There you go. Evan, I've never really asked you, um, who's your favorite soccer team? We've never talked much about soccer. I know you post on our page about it quite a bit. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I talk um, sometimes about soccer when there is like the big um, tournaments here in Europe and in the world. I might talk about a little bit more about MLS in the future because I'm starting to, you know, watch some games and following the, the action in the MLS. Um, so yeah, my favorite soccer team is, is, is Bayern Munich in Germany. Uh, been a fan of the team since uh, 2006. Uh, since French player Frank Ribéry uh, signed to Bayern Munich because he was my favorite player as a kid. So yeah, I've been supporting uh, Bayern Munich uh, since uh, since a kid. And I generally like uh, German footballs. It's probably my favorite championship uh, in the entire world. So yeah, huge fan of, of Munich and, and German football in general. Okay, cool. So, so Drew, I know on the rundown you sent me earlier, there's some stuff about a World Cup preview. So kind of catch me and some of the other listeners up to speed on what's going on with that whole thing. Yeah, so the World Cup is this year in November, which is uh, different because it really should be right now. Um, every year, it's every four years, it's in the summer, typically June, at end of June. And um, it's, you know, a tournament normally of 32 teams that – play in eight groups of four, uh, and then they whittle down to two, and then um, it's single elimination then. And so France actually is the most uh, recent winner of the World Cup. And um, this year it's in Qatar or Qatar, however you say it, I'm not fully sure. Um, and because it's so hot there, they're actually having it in November. Okay, okay. So, so who are some of the teams we should be looking out for this year? Uh, United States. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, uh, honest, honestly, yes. What uh, we've been, we've ahead. been joke, we've been. I mean, people have been joking about the U.S. soccer team because uh, soccer hasn't been an important sport in the U.S. for many years. Uh, but since like, like four, four or five years, the MLS is getting like uh, a way much serious championship. And there is some young guys that are coming from the MLS and playing in Europe. Uh, in Munich, we have Alfonso Davies, who's Canadian. He yes. has been formed to Montreal. He's a huge player. We got um, Christian Pulisic uh, formed in Dortmund, Germany, and then signed to Chelsea. So, yeah, the, the young generation uh, of American soccer player is, is, uh, is a good generation. Uh, soccer is getting uh, more and more important uh, in the U.S., so no, honestly, I'm I'm confident uh, you your team, you guys, this um, for this World Cup. Uh, the group is, uh, I mean, there is England, but mm -hmm. other team are might be uh, good opponents. So I'm confident you guys can get out of the group, and it will be interesting to see all this generation 
uh, because it's the first time they'll play like a major tournaments. Yeah. And so we also have the whales or whales in Iran. So this is also Wales big tournament break in like the last 50 years. So that uh, is pretty historic for them. And Gareth Bale, on, honestly, he needs at least to win a game in the world cup to really cement his legacy there. But yeah, uh, the England and the United States game is actually on black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving here in America. Wow. And in Ohio, it's actually the day before the Ohio State-Michigan football rivalry. So it's a pretty big uh, three days for us. So that's, that's pretty fun. Um, also, France, of course, being the, one of the favorites uh, winning last year. Um, and m- many of the teams from you know, Europe are some of the favorites. Brazil, I think, is actually the betting favorite this year, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's not my favorite Brazil, but <laughs> I, obviously, obviously they have they have some good players, but I'm not sure they will be like the major team. They have a tough group, so they have some struggles, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a particular group of death. There seems to be strong groups. Some people have uh, labeled the uh, Germany. Japan group, Costa Rica and Spain, the group of death. I mean, it's a pretty strong group. Um, Japan, though, it's, I, I don't know if I would consider them as strong as a challenge in Costa Rica. I mean, they're a CONCACAF team. I'm very familiar with them. Um, Kaylor Navas plays for them. He's one of the better goalies in the world, but he's also 38 or close to 40. Um, and uh, against the United States actually got injured and wasn't able to finish that game. So he may or may not be playing. Uh, If he does play, Costa Rica does have a chance to win any game because he can stop most of the uh, shots, but they've gone past their golden generation. As U.S. is entering their golden generation, Costa Rica has really gone past their golden generation. It's, it's actually a pretty open World Cup because, um, so currently we, you need to learn something about World Cup is that there is a <laughs> saying that says that the winner uh, always get uh, eliminated in the first round uh, of the next World Cup. Uh, okay. So France won in 1998. They were eliminated in, in 2002. Brazil won in 2002. Um, now Brazil is actually the, the, the only team who didn't, you know, respected that because they, they, they had a pretty good World Cup in 2006. But Italy won in 2006, were eliminated in 2010. Same for Spain, 2010, 2014, and same for Germany, 2014, 2018. So uh, here we were kind of worrying about France getting eliminated in the first round, uh, especially since um, France's performances has been quite average uh, in the past two years uh, since that uh, quick elimination at the Euro Cup in in uh, 2021. So, no, it's actually a pretty open World Cup because even France, who's supposed to be the big favorite because they won in 2018, are not, I mean, are not looking that strong. And, you know, you have teams like Spain who are getting a new generation. Germany is getting a new generation. So it's actually a pretty open World Cup. And we, we don't really know who's going to be, you know, the favorite for the win. But you guys have Kylian Mbappe, which, you yeah. know, I mean the best striker in the world, right? So yeah, definitely. I want to I want to stay on the topic of, of France for a second because Drew, one of the things you just sent me for the rundown is um 
how will Paul Pogba do? That was one of the things you sent me. And I'm familiar with him because I actually – so back in college, I had a friend who was from Nigeria, and he was big into soccer. So we'd play FIFA and stuff with him. So there were some people I did get familiar with, and Pogba is one of them. So I'm going to ask you, how do you think he's going to do? You know, club form has uh, – he he's going to be moving on from Manchester United, and where he lands will be interesting. He's always played better for France than the clubs, I would suggest. Uh, he's a very talented, very talented player. Uh, but for whatever reason, just has not been able to put it together at Manchester United and uh, has been under a lot of criticism there. So if he can maybe get to a better team where he's more comfortable, I also think that could really help him going into the World Cup. Okay. Evan, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, actually, Paul Pogba forms has been like uh, the example of Manchester all season. I mean, all players have been struggling Manchester, except Cristiano Ronaldo. So, yeah, I guess it's about a bit about him and a bit about the team. So, as Drew said, you know, it's that kind of player who needs to lens uh, in another team so he can, you know, regain his form and regain his confidence. But yeah, Pogba is one of these players that, you know, always perform better playing for the national team, you know, a bit like Paddy Mills in basketball yeah. when he plays for Australia. Yeah. Um, so we actually in France, we have a lot of players that, that performs better with the national team than with their clubs. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be okay for the World Cup. Okay. okay. Where do you think he'll go, Evan? Um, well, the rumors are saying uh, Turin in Italy. Uh, but, you know, we're not. You know, 100% sure it might be Paris, might be who knows a Spanish club like Madrid. So we'll see. I, I guess I guess he wants to go back to Turin because he likes uh, the team. Obviously, he played for him when he was younger, but we never knows. I mean, does PSG even have the money to sign him after that Kylian Mbappe deal? Technically, <laughs> Paris has all the money they want. So <laughs> sure, sure, sure. sure. But yeah. uh, no, I'll, I'll be happy to see him playing uh, in Turin again because uh, Turin is, uh, is in the process of, you know, rebuilding a new generation. So he might be a leader for that new new look uh, Juventus team. Yeah, yeah I, I figured you were talking about Juventus because since there's another team over in yeah. Turin. <laughs> so. But a smaller team, though. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, so um, what about Qatar? How do you feel about Qatar hosting the World Cup? Me personally, I, I just don't like it. Um, I'm not against going into countries that are not uh, like familiar with sports. You know, I'm a huge uh, motorsports fan and, and Formula One is doing the same uh, in this recent year, going into countries like Saudi Arabia, Qatar. But, you know, you know, the FIFA is talking about football as, uh, you know, diversity sports, you know, with values, with social uh, responsibilities and if you go in a country like Qatar who is not respecting the law of human rights it go, literally goes against your what you're saying again you know football is business it's probably the, the, the sport with biggest uh, you know business uh, issues and, and and topics but yeah it's, it's definitely weird especially that there is also you know the question of uh, doing a World Cup in November, doing a World Cup in a country where the temperatures are super high and it's not good both for you know the environment and and also the players because we're not, we, I mean we're not sure about how the players going to handle uh, the heat even in winter because um, it's going to be winter out here in Qatar but temperatures are still going to be high so 
Yeah, personally, I just I just don't like it. Um, I'm already waiting for uh, 2026 uh, or 2028. Uh, yeah, 2026 in the US, uh, gonna be much better. I'm pretty sure about it. Uh, but yeah, I just don't like it. I think I'm gonna watch the games because you know it's it's the worker, but I'll definitely not watch the games with the same you know emotions and pleasure I've been watching since since I'm watching soccer. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if you knew this, but. Uh... Part of the reason why it's there is because of uh, essentially bribery from mm. the previous FIFA regime. The previous uh, FIFA president, Seth Blatter, if I'm not mistaken, took yeah. uh, some bribes and put it there. And uh, they essentially said it was too late for them to change it. Okay. But they, uh, it's a very conservative state. Mm. Um, and they specifically say if you're coming together with uh, as like a, a man and a woman or even just like any any group, you better be coming as a husband and wife because mm. sex outside of marriage is a seven year uh, jail sentence. Um, yeah, and there's there's a lot of human rights issues, yeah. especially with their stance on homosexuality as well. So with soccer being one of the most inclusive sports in the world, it seems a little bit yeah, uh, of an issue to have it in Qatar. And, and the, there's also stories about uh, workers, uh, dead workers, like more than 1,000 workers dead uh, mm -hmm. on, on like building the stadiums because they were like uh, unpaid or low paid workers with no security, no, you know, know everything and they were working in terrible conditions and we, we don't really know how, how much people, you know, how much uh, people died in, in this, um, you know, working on the stadiums, but it's probably more than 1,000. And, you know, this is also an issue because it's not possible, you know, like building a, a major sport even in these conditions. Right. So yeah, it's like a mix of, of human rights, of environmental concerns, of uh, uh, human rights for the workers. And also, you know, the fact that, like, like you said, you know, the thing about uh, gay representation in the state and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, like, really angry about this entire event. And, yeah, it's kind of a weird atmosphere and a weird way to make a walk up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. It sounds like, you know, I can see where the issue, where the issue lies. Yeah, and so for the average fan, a lot of people won't maybe see that. Um, a lot of the soccer fans around the world have being sure to be vocal about that yeah. but like evan was saying it's, it's hard to not watch the world cup so it's hard to not kind of buy into what's going on over there um also another issue they don't have enough housing for everybody that's going to be there so i don't even know how they're going to host also there's not going to be alcohol there so a lot of fans will be kind of pissed yeah <laughs> and 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 the the price of of the seats are unbelievably high for for walk up like i think it would be the the highest prices for for i mean not you know not the best even 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 uh average seats will be um, like super expensive compared to other world cups so we don't really know who you know who's gonna have uh the financials uh, resources to come in qatar and, and watch the game so they're so concerned about the general atmosphere in the stadiums and the fans that are not not going to be like real fans you know from from the popular part of football so mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but like Evan said, in 2026, the United States will be hosting the World Cup okay. uh, jointly with Canada and Mexico. And what will make that one interesting is that will be the first expanded World Cup where they have 48 teams instead of 32. And it sounds like they're going to be breaking it down into groups of three instead of groups of four. Uh, we'll see. I'm not sure of all the details about that yet, but um, it'll be pretty exciting. Most of the yeah. games are on the coasts. There, I think, is one central one in, like, Kansas City. Okay. And they're going to be in football stadiums for the most part. Okay. Personally, I'm, I'm super excited about this World Cup because last time um, World Cup came in the U.S., I wasn't born. Uh, my dad was, he watched it. I remember he told me that they had to wake up in the middle of the night to watch uh, mm. the games of, of the World Cup in the US. So personally, I'm super excited about it uh, since I wasn't born for the first one. And also because uh, in 2026, uh, football in the US will have, you know, grow so much, I guess, and will be uh, way more important than it is right now. So I think it's going to be a, a super event. And, you know, um, uh, hosting it with Mexico, who loves football in Canada, in all these different cities is going to be like a, a super interesting event for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then also from what I'm hearing from MLS insider guys is the MLS ownership wants to be within the top eight leagues in the world by 2026. And um, the last World Cup was in 1994 and immediately following it was the birth of the MLS. So we're really hoping that that can really help kick us off to be a better league and to develop more of a soccer uh, culture here in the United States. Um, if we could be in the top eight teams, in the, uh, top eight leagues in the world, it'd be great. I think 14 is what we're kind of in the rankings now. And we're still seeing some of the older superstars like Gareth Bale, Cellini, and our Cellini, I think I said that one right. Uh, come over as well as Hector Herrera he just moved over and Insigne from Italy um, but the crew just made a big money signing 10 million dollars it's our record signing not huge compared to the Munichs of the world but um, <laughs> you know it's a top 10 a top eight transfer in the league historically and it's a 23 year old striker from Watford so Nice. It's it's actually interesting because five or six years ago, the only players from Europe who were signing in the MLS were veterans that wanted to end their career in a kind of you know exotic uh, place uh, with also lots of money. But now you start seeing players that still have you know um, uh, the age and and the talent to play in Europe but are coming in the US in order to you know trying to give a new start to the career, uh, trying to give a new dynamic. So the fact that we went from, uh, you know, veterans coming for, for the money and just for the fun to younger players who want to have a, a real opportunity in, in professional football, that shows you how, you know, slowly the MLS is, 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 is transforming into a better league and a more, you know, um, attracting league. Yeah, they also just signed a big new uh, contract with Apple TV, so that way it can be watched not only more locally but worldwide for uh, 10 years. It's a $2.5 billion deal, so it's $250 million to the clubs each year. I mean, it's dispersed. Um, one thing that you might not know about the MLS, Evan, is that every single club is owned by the MLS. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, it's a single entity league. So yeah. anytime a player comes over, they sign a, a contract with MLS and they assign them essentially to the club that they're going to go to. This is this is actually interesting and, and I think a good way to manage uh, a growing league uh, for, you know, the worldwide impact. And, you know, because it might be it might be dangerous, you know, to lose some clubs to uh, um, foreign owners. Uh, like, for example, you know, the PSG is owned by Qatar. And I think it's good for the MLS to have uh, full control on what's happening uh, in, in the league and, and on the clubs. It's, it's great for developing the league. Well, as we saw at Chelsea, Chelsea's owner was uh, one of the Russian oligarchs that got yeah. uh, the sanctions and had to sell the club. I mean, the club couldn't even sell new seats. You know, they were in real trouble. Yeah. So... Well, uh, what do you think about, I know we've talked about it a little bit. Where do you think some of these young MLS exports are going to go? I know Alfonso Davies seems to be taken, taken off with Bayern Munich, but what about Aronson and Adams to Leeds? You see that? Brendan Aronson got transferred from Salzburg, I believe over to Leeds and uh, Tyler Adams also got just transferred over to Leeds. Might have lost him. Well, the MLS last uh, uh, January transferred 33 players to Europe, which is a new hire for them. So like we've been talking, it is a, a newer, uh, it, there's a new wave in the MLS and they're expecting better things. We're developing more talent. Mm -hmm. There's more teams coming in that are developing more talent as more teams enter. We're adding more academies and they've just launched a new league for all these academy kids. So that way we can develop the talent a little bit better. So MLS is growing, American soccer is growing. Heads to the World Cup, we'll see what kind of where it goes then. Yeah, I was gonna say, I it, just just by hearing the sounds of this, it sounds a lot like um, the. Well, obviously, you know, I follow basketball pretty closely, and it's just funny to see over the last several years how the NBA, a lot of the star players, like foreign players. I'm kind of thinking, like when you guys are talking about the MLS, it kind of sounds, you know, by the next World Cup in 2026, it could possibly be like where you know a lot of the, you know, stars players or good players from the U.S. They might be from different countries and everything. Is that am I hearing that right? Is that well. Or, so you 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 essentially have to be a national of the mm -hmm. the United States. You have to have a essentially a green card, okay. or have to be born to U.S. citizens um, to play for the United States. And um, actually, the average age of the team is like 23, 24. So okay. by next World Cup, we're going to see the same cycle of players, but instead of being uh, at the beginning of their careers mm -hmm. or like just starting with some of these big clubs, they'll be with, um, they'll be essentially in their prime. Okay. So uh, as long as nothing disastrous happens, mm -hmm. U.S.'s team should be very strong for the 2026 World Cup. Okay. And they might turn some heads. Actually, I, I say Canada mm -hmm. is probably one of the dark horse teams in the World Cup. Alfonso Davies, very good. Jonathan David uh, over at Lille, very good. But he, they have a very good striker core. Kyle Laren that's playing over in Turkey. He's also very good. 
So uh, they've just put together a team. I also don't think they've made the World Cup before. This might be their first World Cup or first World Cup in mm-hmm. a while. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do. It looks like we lost Evan. Yeah, I think he's back. No, I'm, I'm back. Yeah, no, yeah back. I had an issue with the computer, so I've switched to the phone. <laughs> you good. I was just saying how I think Canada is going to be a dark horse and the World yeah. Cup. There's actually, I mean, in terms of that World Cup, there's, there's no small teams in general because, you know, they're all coming to play. You know, you mentioned Costa Rica in this, in this podcast, and all these teams, they're, they're really coming to play the World Cup, so every team can be a trap for a major team, you know, there's no small teams, and yeah, Canada, like many of the teams, can be like a, like a big team and a trap from, from, from other teams, so maybe you need to be careful in every game, there's no easy game in the World Cup, Yeah. I did have a question. What do you think about um, the future of European football with contracts like Mbappe coming up where he's, it's rumored that he has veto power on certain transfers. Uh, He's being paid essentially 1 million euros per week. This is far, far, far over what, I mean, Kevin DeBrun's paid, I think, 400 a uh, thousand euros a week and he's the highest played player on manchester city so this really breaks the records how do you think this is going to affect the uh, arms race essentially in european football i, I think i think that you know uh, somehow the ufo the fifa needs to give that control on transfers uh, i think you know they they um they totally wipe out the you know the financial fair play uh, which is always a joke for a few years now uh, sure. so Kelly, uh, the, to explain to you, the financial fair play is a rule. Uh, it's a bit like um, um, you know the, the luxury tax in the NBA. Um, if you spend too much money and you're not uh, uh, you're not you know uh, gaining uh, the same amount of money, uh, the UFA or the FIFA will punish you uh, with uh, not being allowed to transfer players or, or that kind of stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, this 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 rule was already a joke uh, for a few years because the standards were super high. So basically, no clubs were you know concerned by it. Uh, but unfortunately, they just uh, you know deleted this this uh, this financial fair place. And now clubs uh, like PSG can spend all the money they want, and this happens uh, with Mbappe uh, being uh, signed for like 300 million euros, which is. Uh, okay. Uh, and ridiculous. So I don't know. I, I just don't like the way football is going in Europe. Uh, all clubs are free to spend all the money. It creates, uh, you know, more and more differences between the big clubs and, and the small clubs. Mm-hmm. I think it will end up by, in, you know, in the worst of the case, by, uh, you know, killing the small clubs. So I don't know. I, I hope that in a few years, years uh, like UFA, FIFA, or even, you know, national federations, uh, will find a way to, you know, slow down that dynamic of paying the, the players and, and the transfer always at a more expensive price because for me, this is going, you know, in the wrong way, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, Kaylee, I don't know if you know this, but Spain is one of the few leagues that has a uh, salary cap, essentially. Okay. Um, and because of that, 
uh, Lionel Messi, he signed a contract with Barcelona last year, but was unable to actually join the team because the salary was going to be over the salary cap, which is then how he ended up in Paris Saint-Germain. But um, so Spain has traditionally been a, a pretty big power within the transfer market, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and they have just recently lost out to Manchester City, where Eric uh, Erling Holland went, went, and then uh, Kylian Mbappe chose to stay in Paris Saint Germain. So they're losing some of this battle, and they lost Messi. Um, potentially, they could get Ronaldo back. Uh, so having a salary cap has worked against them, and I wonder if they might choose to get rid of it in light of all of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, essentially the teams that are playing for the Champions League are the best teams in their league, and all the other teams in the league are fighting to get not relegated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I think uh, we should kind of do some more of these, you know, soccer podcasts just to kind of keep up with what's going on. You know, put more content out because I've always wanted to have soccer discussions and everything on here. I think it would be cool if you guys maybe do something we hop on every once in a while and just talk about it um, and upload it for, you know, the soccer group of people who follow our page, start listening to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's actually, for those who who's watching, people watching uh, women's soccer, there's actually uh, the Euro Cup, uh, actually, uh, that started like yesterday. It's in England. Uh, there's like the biggest team of Europe in women's soccer. So obviously from the US, it's going to be a little bit harder because of, of uh, the time difference between uh, Europe and the US. Uh, yeah, if you want to watch some good women's soccer, uh, at least try to watch the highlights and the results because it's going to be a super interesting tournament. And yeah, we might, I mean, we need to do like a walk up preview of, of some teams uh, like one month before the tournament or that kind of stuff might be interesting. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, fellas, yeah, I can, uh, I think I'll cut it there. I can always, when I upload this audio, I'll cut it to make sure it sounds good for the intro sure. and the last part of it. So we should be good. But, yeah, uh, keep me in the loop of what you guys want to do because we can always do these. I don't have my equipment here. I let one of my friends borrow it. So I was going off my laptop today. Um, I can always get my mic and my headphones and stuff back from him. And uh, let me know when stuff's going on. I'll try to keep up with it best I can. And uh, we can just start uploading stuff for this as well. Sure. Yeah. Um MLS is going. They're not going to really be a big deal until maybe the finals and playoffs. Okay. But the World Cup is a pretty big deal, so you'll probably want content for that. Yeah. Yep. So we'll definitely have content for it. But, yeah, uh, let me upload this tomorrow, and um, mm-hmm. I'll put it on Twitter and everywhere else and tag you guys in it. Awesome. And, um, yeah, could, could, could you guys hear me properly when I switch the phone? Because, I mean, from my side, uh, when you were talking, the sound was uh, a bit weird. So yeah. I don't know if my sound was... Yeah, it was good? Your, yours was a little, like, choppy, too. I don't know what... I don't know what... Yeah. It yeah, it's all right. I think, yeah, I think it's coming from the internet connection. Yeah, that's no, all good, dude. We'll, we'll figure it out. You're good. You're yeah. good. Yeah, whatever you had before, though, was working really well. Yeah, you, and on the, yeah, on the com- on the computer was really working really well, and then I don't know, the computer just uh just just died. Yeah, uh, on the phone. Yeah, you're good, dude. No worries, no worries. But yeah, fellas, um, this is about to run out on me. I think there's like six minutes left or so. So yeah, I'll get this uploaded for us, and uh, 
I'll tag cool. you guys and everything in it tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. All right, fellas. Appreciate cool. it. Good to meet you, Evan. All right. See you guys.